In the world of combat sports, there's been one fight that has captivated fight fans as much as it's broken their hearts. Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. People want to see it. Five times the UFC attempted to bring these two elite lightweights together. This is about the third time that we're trying to fight, and I just can't wait to knock this guy out. And five times they failed to cross the finish line. I have to fight with Tony Ferguson. If I want to become greatest lightweight ever, I have to beat this guy. The Luke Thomas show has been there every step of the way and has gone back through the archives to give you a timeline of events as covered by Luke Thomas himself. Think about how big, how important a fight has to be for it to have this kind of demand amidst this much failure. The Luke Thomas Show proudly presents Habib versus Ferguson, a retrospective only on Sirius XM Fight Nation. It's the fight that people want to see. Unfortunately, we're just going to have to wait a little bit longer. Hello, I'm Luke Thomas, and I'd like to welcome you to this special look back at the Luke Thomas Show's coverage of one of the most anticipated, and if you ask the fight fans, most cursed fights in combat sports. The Khabib-Ferguson fight has been filled with some of the craziest twists and turns we've ever seen, and the Luke Thomas Show has been there to report and comment on every piece of news along the way. Let's go back to the beginning. The first time these two elite lightweights were booked to fight each other was set for December 11th, 2015 at the Ultimate Fighter 22 finale. Khabib, ranked number three in the division at the time, was coming off of an 18-month absence from the Octagon to take on the number eight-ranked Ferguson. But another injury sidelined the mauler from Dagestan from his first fight with Tony. Fights falling out is commonplace in MMA, so we didn't think much of it at the time. What we would later find out was this would be the overarching theme of this rivalry. Instead of Khabib, Tony Ferguson would later face Edson Barboza, winning by submission in the second round. Barboza very solid on the ground as well, but he was breathing heavy. Good defense so far. Ferguson's got oh, he's he's Tony Ferguson has done it again. The winning streak is at seven. What a fight by two of the best lightweights on the planet. The UFC would book these two together once again just four months later with a date set for April 16th, 2016 as the main event of UFC on Fox 19. Once again, the fight would be struck by the injury bug, only this time, it was Ferguson who was forced to withdraw from the event. On April 6, 2019, we reacted to the news live on The Luke Thomas Show. Uh, okay, so wanted to open the show um, with the most important topic, really. It's still fluid. It's still up in the air. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. But what we do know for sure, the one thing we can be certain of, the proposed main event for UFC on Fox 19 in Tampa, which was not going to be this Saturday, but the following, I believe April 16th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's gone. And the new main event is Glover Teixeira versus Rashad Evans, which is not a bad fight necessarily, but the one that we had expected, Habib Nurmagomedov, his long layoff, his return from the sport, it's back. And it was supposed to be against Tony Ferguson. That is no more. Tony Ferguson, who we tried to get on the show, by the way, and we're going to keep trying to get a hold of him, has fluid built up in his lungs, or at least one of his lungs, and can't pass, obviously, a medical and certainly is in no position to be fighting. So now we have Habib Nurmagomedov twisting in the wind. And there's a lot of complicating factors here. First of all, Ramadan, June 6th to, I believe, excuse me, maybe it's June, yeah, June 6th 
to I think July 6th, maybe a little bit July 9th, maybe. I'm not quite exactly sure about the end of Ramadan, but certainly it's in that range. At least that 6 to 6 range, June to July. Habib Nurmagomedov is a devout Muslim. I'm not saying he couldn't train through that, but I'm not saying that's the best choice either. So maybe you want to save that card uh, for Fox 19. If that's the case, who do you book? Cowboy Cerrone, the consummate professional, he's always down for a challenge. He said he would take that fight under the auspices that he would also get to keep his welterweight fight against Patrick Cote. That's not till the late June, I believe, June 19th. So that could work, but then what happens if Cowboy Cerrone gets cut or brutally knocked out and can't get cleared to fight? Now you're left with Cote having no opponent. That's a risk. Not saying it wouldn't work, but it's a risk. Now you've got Tony Ferguson saying, wait, 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 I'll be good to go in just a few weeks. Let's just push this back. But remember, cards are already set. Things are already in motion. Do you really want to have that fight? I'm going to argue something here that I think should be taken seriously. I think this is almost good for Habib Nurmagomedov. Now, maybe it's not good for you, and maybe it's not good for me. But I don't mind it so much. Look, here's the truth. The guy last fought in what? what was the? Let's look up his record as I speak. I don't quite have it in front of me here. What was the last time Nurmagomedov fought, right? He hasn't been active. He's undefeated, 22-0, since he beat Rafael Dos Anjos in April of 2014. So two years. And that was UFC on Fox 11. That's a long time to be off. And everyone's saying, well, you know, Dominic Cruz came back from ring rust. Yeah, great. Dominic Cruz is a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of fighter. Dominic Cruz is literally pushing the envelope. Dominic Cruz is a special case. Easy special case. Using him as the measurement undercuts the ability of any fighter to have their basic humanity being taken seriously, the limits of biological possibility. Cruz is at the very end of that. I kind of, I'm not saying I like it, because that fight was going to be great. But now you get the chance for Nurmagomedov to maybe get a tune-up fight. That's not the worst thing in the world. We talk about tune-up fights all the time on this show. What is so bad about that? Okay, you have Nurmagomedov maybe versus a name that isn't that, that hot, but Nurmagomedov's been gone for two years. He's the uncrowned king of the division. His last wing is over. His last win, excuse me, is over the guy who currently holds the crown. Maybe he doesn't need to worry about ring rust. Most guys do most of the time. That's basically the rule about ring rust. Does it affect everyone equally? No, but that doesn't mean it's like a 50-50 proposition. It's mostly 80-20, 90-10. This is a guy who has a bright future in the sport no matter what. Why put him back right into the fire right away? Let's let him get his sea legs under him a little bit. What should happen to Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson? Do you push the bout back to maybe a May card? Do you wait until UFC 200 after Ramadan? Do you go ahead and book a fight against Cerrone? Do you give in to Cerrone's demands or requests anyway, whatever you want to call them, to at least keep that welterweight fight against Patrick Cote, which to me never made sense to begin with, but okay, he wants it. What do you do? It's really not all that clear. A lot of tough choices here. Nurmagomedov hasn't had a paycheck from fighting in God knows how long, since two years ago. That's a long time to not make a lot of cash. Now, he's got sponsorships and other things to keep him afloat, but I don't think he's swimming in money. He probably wants to cash a check. On April 16th. 
And I, I, I completely understand that. Moreover, we give a guy a chance to get himself back on his feet. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I know that there's pressure there to make a big fight. I know that Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov was going to be awesome. And maybe if they preserve it, it will be awesome whenever they get around to making it. Although the fight is snake-bitten. Twice they've tried to make it now, and it hasn't worked. But I'm just saying, if we're thinking about long-term, you got an undefeated guy, gone for a long time, first fight back. The guy who he was supposed to fight is gone for now anyway. I would not call Cerrone a tune-up fight under any circumstance, although I would call that stylistically favoring someone like Nurmagomedov, who's going to have great takedowns and obviously submission defense out the wazoo. That's a tough fight for Cerrone, for sure. Maybe that's the one you go with. What do you do? You're Sean Shelby, you're Joe Silva, you're Dana White, you're Lorenzo Fertitta. What do you do here? How would you manage this situation? Two days later, it was announced that CFFC lightweight champion Daryl Horcher would make his UFC debut by taking the short-notice fight against Khabib. When we come back, you'll hear from Tony Ferguson himself when he appeared on the show to discuss why he had to pull out the second bout when the Luke Thomas show, Khabib versus Ferguson Retrospective, returns. Basketball has become a global game. From legends such as Hakeem Olajuwon and Dirk Nowitzki to today's superstars like Giannis and Luka Doncic. Giannis to the rim, slam it with a left hand. There's no shortage of international talent in the NBA. World of Basketball with Fran Fraschilla is a podcast dedicated to profiling the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the sport in their countries. New episodes are available Thursday on the Sirius XM app and Pandora Podcasts. On April 6, 2016, Tony Ferguson was forced to withdraw from his second scheduled fight with Khabib Nurmagomedov, and on April 11th, he appeared on the Luke Thomas Show to explain why. He was scheduled to face Habib Nurmagomedov in what had to be a number one contender fight at lightweight, and instead he will not. We don't really know what's next, but we are dying to talk to him to figure it all out. The one and only El Kukui joins us, Tony Ferguson. Tony, I have to ask, how are you, man? Uh, man, I've been better. I, have, I got good days and bad days, man, but I'm, I'm smiling right now. All right, so let's let's walk it back a little bit. Let's educate the the audience listening now. Medically speaking, what happened to you, and how did you find out? Well, it was a hematoma in my lung. I have blood fluid shot uh, in my bottom lower half of my right lung. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the side effects are. Um, feels like crap. <laughs> And uh, it started in practice, and it just kind of developed over time. And uh, I told my wife, uh, I think it was last Friday, I was like, I'm having a heart attack, and it's just hard to breathe, and it just kind of stuck. And we went to the ER. Actually, I powered through it, and I went to the ER on Sunday. They said I had, like, a partial collapsed lung and something. And it sounded a little ridiculous to me. They did some x-rays, and it looked like to be, like, a small, like, a fracture in my right rib. And I got a second opinion on it, and it ended up being the, the hematoma. Uh, I guess from either trauma, dehydration, or, or I don't know. They, they didn't know exactly what happened. It was like a freak accident. So have you ever had another injury like this before? No, I've never had a, like a, an organ uh, injury. I've always been pretty generally healthy. Anytime I've ever been, there's a difference between hurt and being injured. And at first it felt like I was hurt, and that's why I powered through it. It didn't say much. I was like, no, it'll be all right. Uh, I've always been kind of just bumped and bruised before fight time. 
I'd go here a couple of days and see what's up. And I just sucked. It just kept on developing more and more. And it started hurting worse and worse. I've never experienced anything like this. It just really sucked. So what are they saying in terms of recovery time? Well, as far as my recovery time, well, the recovery time, they told me it could last up up to four weeks. But fortunate for me, I'm a, I'm a fast healer. And they said, you know, I could start training all the way up to, you know, until my body would let me, which would be a couple weeks. Uh, I offered the fight to Khabib uh, for May 29th. You know, that could have been, you know, the fight could have been saved for and moved to May 29th in Las Vegas, which would have been awesome. That way, you know, we could have kept our title contention. And, you know, Khabib was given this option, and the UFC even asked me about it, and I was down for it. Talked to the doctors, and they said, you know, yeah, man, it'll be probably about a max of four weeks. We did all the, the scans. I got second, third opinions. And they, they told me they were just like taking a moment along. They just said I needed rest to not, to not practice, not work out, and just to let it heal itself. So let's talk about this. When the UFC came to you and they were like, you know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to push the fight to May. We're going to have Nurmagomedov fight someone that most people have never heard of. What did you say? I was pissed. How else would I be? I mean, you know me. I'm a gamer. And if I'm going to be replaced by somebody, I thought I would have been replaced by like Benil Dariush or, or a, a top fighter that would have been able to, you know, just, I don't know. I didn't expect a person to have his debut. But if they did that so, you know, he could come out of the fight unscathed and then be able to fight May 29th, I'm all down for it. But the fact that, you know, on a past interview, Khabib said that he doesn't want to look past fights. And I'm thinking in my head, he just did an interview not too long ago saying that he was going to prepare for RDA at UFC 200. I think it's BS. Um, I mean, all the best of luck to the other dude. I'm always down for the underdog. And... It just kind of sucks to be able to like to say, and it's hard, man. I, I can't really talk too much shit because I'm injured on the sidelines. I can't do shit about it. Right. It just, so it just, it just, I, you know, I didn't overtrain. You know, I didn't. I was, I was, you know, I was hydrated. I was, nutri- I had my nutrition on point. I had my nutritionist actually make my food for me, and I had like you know stored meal preps, which was great. It's just you know one of those shots that just slipped and hit the perfect spot, and that caused that trauma in my food and bleeding in the lung, and they had to find a late replacement and apparently this guy was the only one that was ready I just uh, I just think it's kind of BS though Do you feel like Nurmagomedov even wants to fight with you anymore? I, I hope he does I mean because you have everybody saying that Khabib's champ and all this other crap and I just think that it's it, it, we have a lot of stock invested in this fight and I think we owe it to the fans to go out there and to make this happen I think that if he tries to avoid me then we know where his heart's at we know that he's not a true champ, and he's, he's been on the sidelines for a long time. I've given this dude many, many opportunities to come back and fight me, and I think that he needs to man up and, and fight me someday. Are uh, you, personally, I would have hoped that he would have fought May 29th. Are you sympathetic to the fact that he hasn't like earned a, a UFC paycheck in two years and just, just wants to collect a check at this point? I can relate to that, and I understand how that feels. But what's a couple more weeks? You know, the dude's sponsored by Reebok. I mean, he's got decent, I don't know, I don't know his financial situation. But I know if you want to collect a paycheck and you want to collect an easy one, that's going to be on his conscience. That's not going to be on mine. I'm sitting here, and I've never taken an easy fight. Any fight since the ultimate fighter that they put in front of me, and they say, hey, who do you want to fight? I say, hey, guys, you tell me who you want me to fight. I'll sign the dotted line, and I'll show up. 
And since then, I've been knocking people out and finishing guys. And my record speaks for itself. And I've been fighting top 10. Oh, shit, even since I was all the way ranked number 70, I fought my way back to get to where I'm at. It's, uh, I think it's pretty incredible from what I've done. And I know I'm not flashy on the mic, you know, and I might sound angry all the time, but it's, it's just because I'm so focused on whooping people's ass. Uh, you know, being the baddest fighter in the planet. So let's uh, let's assume that uh, the Nurmagomedov fight is done for now. What is the UFC waiting for? For you to get cleared by a doctor to resume training? What are they telling you about getting back to them so they can give you another fight? They're telling me to rest up. They want me to get better. I think that everybody was surprised that I actually pulled out of a fight. They've never heard of me doing that. And I've never heard of me doing that either. Any any time I've ever been hurt or injured, there's a difference. If you're hurt, then go play. But if you're injured, then you got to take a seat. And right now I'm injured, man. I, I can't. I'm very limited in the things I can do. You know, I have good days and bad days. And right now I'm having a decent day. You know, waking up in the morning is challenging. And, you know, I mean, before waking up every hour on the hour, you know, drifting sweat and just migraines and just barely being able to breathe and not being able to eat. I mean, they gave me the wrong pills to take. You know, I go to another doctor and they tell me, oh, you shouldn't have took those. Oh, okay. I was trusting my doctor. So it's been, it's been a step-by-step process, but for the looks of it, they're looking for me to get better. They're looking for me to get healthy, get back in that room and do what I do best, which is kicking ass inside that octagon. So reasonably speaking, you could say make the May 29 card, but is there a part of you that's saying to them, hey, I don't want to be on that May 29 card now if Nurmagomedov is going to move on. I want to be in a big pay-per-view, maybe even want UFC 200. What are you thinking now about strategically what kind of show you want to be on? I'm thinking of who's next in the lineup, man. They gave me Khabib Nurmagomedov, and I'm hoping that dude doesn't wuss out and try to avoid me. I just said so much about that man's character. And, and for me, like I said, it's hard for me to talk crap because I'm injured. But I don't see Anthony Pettis beating Edson Barbosa. And I don't see Eddie Alvarez signing on the dotted line anytime soon. But if he does, that would be in July or, or June in Chicago. And I'm down for a UFC 200. If they want to see a super fight between me and RDA, you're going to get the best El Kukui you're going to get. Uh, you know, and just as far as my training, uh, you know, I'll be hiring new training partners and bringing in some UFC fighters to come train with me. And, and I'm hiring a whole new group. You know, my, my training squad is great, but it's time to mix it up a little bit and, and to get fresh, man, just to, to keep into this, this MMA game. I'm not a boring fighter. If you've watched my fights and all the fans out there watch my fights, they know I, I don't aim to please. I aim to just go for myself, go out there and provide for my family, and which is to win. And I got a little man on the way, which has been, a, you know, it's a blessing. You know, there's a lot going on for this fight, and it was a long fight camp. But I did all the necessary steps and preparation for it, you know, and just shit happens. Just a freak accident. Hmm. What do you expect Nurmagomedov to look like against Horcher this weekend? Um, you know, he ended up going down there early with his fight, his fight crew. So I, I just see that Horcher, if he can avoid all the negative things that his fans have to say, and just, you know, just get past all the BS and get, get past the butterflies, I think the kid's going to shine. Uh, he's got a 12-1 and record, which is half of Khabib's fights. And uh, it's just, it's one of those things. And looking at the kid's fights, you know, he's, he's all right. He's got decent fights. But, you know, this is the UFC. 
I think the UFC should have picked the top 10, top 15 guy for Khabib because if Khabib gets beat, where goes his credibility? Well, we certainly wish you uh, getting better with your health. We don't know what's next for you, but we can't wait to find out. Hopefully it's a speedy recovery. We'll see you, I guess, uh, very late spring, early summer. That would be great for all involved. Uh, Best of luck to you. Quick recovery. Best wishes, all that with your health. And uh, thanks for taking time out to speak with us today. All right, no worries. Thank you, guys. Take care. Talking to the biggest names in pro wrestling. Friend of the show, Cody Rhodes. I particularly told people living in fear is no way to live. And honestly, I just wanted the platform to say that we're all in this together and that we're going to get through this. And please enjoy the two hours of hopefully escape and distraction uh, we have for you tonight. This is a very unique time for a wrestler. Busted Open, Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation. Khabib was set to take on Daryl Horcher after Tony Ferguson had to withdraw from the bout. Big punches from Nimmer Gomez out there. To the body and head. But Horcher covering up. You know, this could easily be stopped. And it wouldn't be a bad stoppage. It is right there. And it's all over. Khabib Nurmagomedov, 7-0 in the UFC. Khabib would dominate, scoring a second-round TKO, and the win would set him up for a fight with Michael Johnson and possible title shot implications at UFC 205. He made his case for why he should get a title shot over Ferguson when Khabib appeared on The Luke Thomas Show on April 16th, 2016. So did they say if you beat Michael Johnson at UFC 205 that you will get the next title shot? I don't care about what they say because UFC and uh, Dana all the time say, oh, this, 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 but I, I, I never believe this. I never believe this. First of all, I want to, I have to finish this guy and after we'll see what happens. But I know I deserve, I deserve title shot long time ago. I know this. Okay, and Habib Nurmagomedov joins us here on the Luke Thomas Show. All right, Habib, so just to, just to clarify, and I appreciate your time today, you believe that the reason this fight didn't get made at 205 with Eddie is because Eddie kept turning it down? Because Eddie understands who is who. Eddie and Eddie's coaches, everybody knows this is a very tough fight for me. That's why you not take this fight. And when he win both, he say, he always he say, Oh, I want an easy fight. Hey, you champion. You're, you're, you're UFC champion. You know, you have to fight with number one rank. Number one rank is not easy. And, you know, for me, it's like crazy, crazy decision. For me, it's like crazy situation. But it's okay. Life is going, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep going. I'm going to uh, finish Michael Johnson in UFC 205. And after this, I want to fight for the title. Uh, you know, you're the number one contender. Anybody who knows my record, I- I'll just be honest, I believe that you were deserving of the title shot. And when it didn't happen, people responded to me. They say, well, look, Habib Nurmagomedov is ranked number one, but he was out for two years and he only has one top ten win. What do you say to people who make that argument? Uh, I don't think what, what they people want to say about my eight, eight years undefeated career, you know, I beat already all guys here. Like, you know, like, nobody can beat me in one round. And, uh, you know, I dominate all my fights. And I don't, I don't know. But, you know, whatever, whatever you want, guys. Whatever you want. I'm number one round and I'm undefeated. Whatever so, you want. So you I don't, don't b- think about this bullshit. 
Yeah. So you don't think there's any case for Tony Ferguson to be in this discussion? Tony, Tony eight wins streak. I think he deserves this too. But he has a very tough opponent now, Rafael Dos Anjos. I already beat Rafael Dos Anjos. Now he has to beat him. But we'll see what happens. 5 November, how, how this guy's fighting. And 12 November, how I'm fighting. After this, we'll see what happens. But I know 100%. After this fight, after this fight, if I don't fight for the title, I never fight in the UFC. After Tony rattled off wins against Lando Venata and Rafael Dos Anjos, we couldn't help but wonder how a fight between him and Nurmagomedov would look. Uh, you know what's interesting? I was thinking about the possibilities of Tony Ferguson's fighting. And everyone who knows me knows I'm a blind homer for Habib Nurmagomedov just because of what he's able to do in the grappling department is so special. But I was thinking, what would a Tony versus Nurmagomedov fight look like? And of course, you could never count out either guy. I mean, they're both just world beaters. However, I'll be the first to admit, do I think Nurmagomedov could get Tony Ferguson down? Yes, I do. Do I think he could do it for 25 minutes? No, I don't. I really don't think that. And even if he did, what would he be able to do on the ground? And if they're not on the ground and they're on the feet, is Nurmagomedov really a match for him on the feet? I don't think so. Tony is a tough guy. On January 16th, 2017, the two lightweights officially signed to fight at UFC 209 on March 4th, 2017 for the interim UFC lightweight title. RJ Clifford was filling in for me that day and made the announcement on the Luke Thomas show. The fight that I've wanted to see the most in 2017, Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson, is now official. Co-main event coming up at UFC 209 in March. The co-main event to the rematch of another awesome fight that I'm happy to see, Tyron Woodley versus Wonderboy 2. Very much looking forward to UFC 209. That's coming together as an awesome, awesome pay-per-view in the first quarter of 2017. But it did come with something kind of weird. Conor McGregor is the UFC lightweight champion after knocking out Eddie Alvarez at UFC 205 in November, just two months ago. And yet, they're making Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson an interim lightweight title fight. I mean, it's clearly the number one contender fight. Uh, in my opinion, the winner of that fight is the best lightweight in the world. I don't care who has the real belt. Um, you look at the the recent win streak and run of the winner of Khabib Ferguson, and you've got the best lightweight on earth. They don't have the belt, but they're the best lightweight on earth. With their winning streaks, a title on the line, and two failed attempts to bring these two together, in the past, this was the most eagerly anticipated fight of the year. A week before the fight, I made the case for why this was must-see TV. Khabib Nurmagomedov, Tony Ferguson, co-main event, UFC 209, March 4th. I will be there. I'm flying out on Tuesday to Vegas, which makes me want to eat a bullet, but it's true. Worst city in the world, but I'm going. I keep telling everybody, and I hope they're listening to me on this one, I'll be right about some things on this show. I will be wrong about some things on this show. I firmly believe that one of the reasons why professors and scientists are very careful about the words they use uh, and are very much into research and editing and the general sort of exercise of scholarship and presenting polished material to the world is because the more you talk, the more a chance there'll be that you just say insane things that will come back to haunt you. And that's sort of the life that I've chosen. But of this, I feel very, uh, very secure, very secure. I, I will double down on this. I cannot, as I speak to you today, guarantee 
that that fight will uh, be some kind of seminal moment in the history of mixed martial arts. I cannot guarantee you it will be some kind of back-and-forth action fight. I don't know that to be sure. But what I can say is, this is the fight you need to tell your friends about. If you are listening to this show, chances are you're probably closer to a hardcore fan than you are a casual fan. And that's okay. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're more on the casual side. I don't know the answer to that. Here's what I do know. It doesn't matter. This is the one not to miss. Because as much as we love Conor McGregor fights, and as good as they are for our business, as good as they are for simple entertainment value, and, credit to him, as significant as they are for the sport, Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov is basically on paper as good as MMA can get. This is the fight you need to tell your friends about. This is like knowing ahead of time what's going to happen between Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner, only it won't be some wild, sloppy brawl that you look back on like, ugh, like this is the fight we cared about. I I mean to say, you are talking about two rams at the peak of their ability fighting for supremacy. Who is going to get the mating rights? That's kind of what this comes down to. Two silverback gorillas. That That's what this is. You've got a guy in Tony Ferguson who might have one of the more original styles in all of mixed martial arts on a nine-fight win streak who can wrestle, who has vicious power, who takes a ton of offensive risks, submissions everywhere, and does not get tired. Versus Habib Nurmagomedov, who at more than 20 fights in the UFC is undefeated, which is basically at lightweight, at really any weight, unheard of, who is on a mission, who might be the best wrestler in all of mixed martial arts, best top control, vicious ground and pound, and can wear you down in ways you never expected. Both of them have an extraordinary degree of confidence. Both of them have total self-belief that Saturday is going their way. Both of them at the peak of their ability. Both of them, arguably 1A, 1B, whichever one you want to put at the top, in the toughest weight class in mixed martial arts. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what else to tell you. There isn't the pageantry of a Conor McGregor fight. Okay, maybe that's missing. And there isn't, you know, maybe some of the the, the more outrageous forms of pre-fight hijinks. Okay, fair enough. But the things that really matter for a sport, the things that really matter for a fight, this has everything in overdrive. Tell your friends about Saturday. Tell your friends about March 4th. Tell your friends, hey man, I don't know when was the last time you watched a UFC event. I'm telling you, this is not the one to miss. MMA needs evangelicals, for lack of a better description. It needs acolytes. Be that. 
Again, there's never a guarantee ahead of time something's going to go the way you think. But this is this is like looking at at the ocean and seeing a tidal wave coming and saying to yourself, mm, we might want to get ready because I think this thing is going to crash on the beach. That That is the kind of security I think we have with this one. Tell your friends about Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov. Do not make that mistake. Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our Defensive Line episode, which showcases conversations with stars like Chase Young, Derek Brown, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. When we left off, a date was set, a title was on the line, the anticipation was high, and my program director, Marissa Rivas, and I had flown out to Las Vegas for the third scheduled meeting between Khabib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson at UFC 209. But disaster would strike again, and on March 3rd, I delivered the bad news on the Luke Thomas show. We have to start this show with, I I am sorry to do this, I have terrible news for you. I have really terrible news for you. Now, I don't have news so tragic and so bad that we are talking about life or death. So, okay, it's not of that kind of consequence, but it's bad. If you have not heard, Tony Ferguson versus Habib Nurmagomedov, which was set to be the co-main event of UFC 209, is canceled. This is not a joke. This is not fake news. This is not anything I take even a slight degree of pleasure in telling you about. But it is true. It is a fact. And here we are. Okay. There is obviously a lot to get to with that. A lot. But let me just tell you what happened. So apparently last night, and and by the way, a Russian media outlet was the first to report this, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov was taken to the hospital last night in the wee hours of the morning here in Las Vegas, Nevada, due to complications from weight management, weight cutting in other words. Now, he has since been released, and my understanding is he is basically okay. We don't have a ton of information about his condition. But what we do know is that he was not medically cleared to fight. And therefore, it's gone. I can't believe it. I know if you're listening to this and you heard ahead of time, you're probably like me. If you're just now hearing this and you're driving in your car, please don't crash it into a telephone pole. We will get through this together. But this is terribly, terribly devastating news. I mean, I barely know where to begin to even talk about it. (laughs) It's just insanity. If you watched, or you were at, depending on who you are, the official UFC 209 weigh-ins this morning, you knew that it was rumored that Habib might not make it, that he might still be in the hospital. There were conflicting reports, but 
they gave him every chance until the final window closed to see if they could make something happen, and he just never showed. And it is so depressing. I mean, let's be real about it. This is not news. This is not anything you haven't heard before. This fight was the real main event. And it was kind of funny because that was actually a talking point for Tony Ferguson to have something of a semi-rivalry with the actual main event, and in particular Tyron Woodley, the UFC welterweight champion. He was saying, you know, we're the real main event. And I got to tell you, that's true. The, the most media was for those two guys. The focus around the fight was essentially for those two guys. I mean, lots of it was just about them. They were part of the advertising campaign. And this is not to say that Tyron Woodley versus Wonderboy Thompson is some act that doesn't deserve to be taken seriously or is some crap main event. It's not. It's legit. It's super legit. And we're lucky to have that fight still in play. But the truth of the matter is, that was the one in Nurmagomedov versus Ferguson that really captured our imagination. That was the one that we really kind of wanted to see. That was the one that was literally three years in the making. And here is the sad part about it. This has now fallen through all three times they've tried to make it. I don't think they try to make a fourth one, to be honest with you. My guess is that fight is probably gone forever. And... That's significant because, as we've been saying for weeks, Nurmagomedov versus Ferguson is truly, truly, truly MMA at its best. I'm not suggesting it's the biggest fight they could make. I'm not suggesting it'll necessarily, if it ever happens, it'll be the most action-packed. But on paper, it delivers to you the kind of thing you want out of mixed martial arts. The two elite guys at the very top of the food chain, Conor McGregor notwithstanding, in the globally toughest division on extraordinary win streaks, colliding into each other, one an absolute master of his domain, and the other one a master of every domain, albeit in different kinds of ways. A total clash of styles, a total clash of personalities, and it had legitimacy, even if there was an interim title, insofar as crowding the next guy to potentially fight Conor McGregor. I mean, they just fights don't come around like this very often. There's not many permutations you can make with a healthy roster to get something like that. That's a benefit of circumstance. And so if your circumstances don't ever wind up being this kind of friendly situation again, you... Look, I'm not saying that UFC won't be able to make big fights in the future. Of course not. I'm not suggesting that we won't rebound from this. I'm not suggesting any of those kinds of things. What I am telling you is this is a huge loss. A huge, huge loss. And by the way, we're now at nearly 30 fighters since the beginning of the introduction of early morning weigh-ins who have missed weight. I don't know what the answer for that is. I don't know or the cause, I should say. I don't know if it's that guys are cutting more weight because they know they'll have more time to rehydrate. I don't know if it's that guys haven't figured out a way to plan their weight cut around waking up early morning, and they, if they were in the afternoon still, they would be having more time to cut late into that weigh-in window. I don't really know what the exact reason is about why this is happening. All I know is if you're just joining us, I have the terrible duty to tell you that there is no Nurmagomedov versus Ferguson tomorrow. I also don't know how that UFC 205 main card is going to be reconstructed. Michael Johnson, 
UFC lightweight Michael Johnson, who most recently lost to Nurmagomedov, but beat Ferguson years ago, was on MMA Junkie Radio, we're in their studios right now, and said he is trying to get a fight with Ferguson. UFC hasn't said whether they're going to make that or not. I suspect that they won't. They usually don't go for those late, you know, opportunity kinds of uh, fights. If they make it, that would help mitigate it to some extent because I think there is a real thirst to see Tony compete no matter what. But this is terrible. Just matter of fact, terrible. And it honestly it just makes me want to go home. I mean, I came here to see that. You know, and you can play I'm so ronery, but the truth of the matter is, man, I feel like I speak for a lot of people when I say this is the one they wanted to see. This is the special one. This is the one, literally, relative to the main event, we had not seen before. This was the star of the show. This was the one that was going to crown the next potential, potential superstar. You know, imagine if Habib had gone out there and absolutely put it on Tony in a back-and-forth brawl but he came out the victor in the end by just being super superior. This would be this would have been a defining moment in this guy's career and vice versa. Imagine the win streak that would have culminated in defeating Rafael Dos Anjos and then Habib Nurmagomedov for Tony Ferguson. I mean, this is the stuff of legends. These are the kinds of things you look back on when you're talking about a fighter's career. You're like, remember this fight? This was a turning point this way. This had such an impact relative to the future events that transpired. We have to grieve together. We have, to, we have to mourn together for this. Yes, 209 will carry on, but the crown jewel is gone. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson is no more on what is technically a hip-hop Friday. I'm going to redub it the Infinite Sadness Friday. We are talking about the fact that Habib Nurmagomedov taken to the hospital in the late morning, or I should say early morning hours, and has uh, been released, so he is probably okay in some capacity, but is nevertheless... Uh, not medically eligible to compete. His fight with Tony Ferguson is off. This is not a joke. This is not a drill. This is the real deal. Marissa, before we go to these calls, I mean, you and I had a conversation that was mostly just you and I making, like, like the noises of sad, whimpering children who were told there was no Christmas this year. Yes, that's exactly how it feels. I mean, this I, I could not, honestly, when we were watching, when you were watching the uh, – MMA fighting live stream yes. of the weigh-ins, mm-hmm. I could not believe what was happening. I, I couldn't. I, I watched it in horror, and as the, t- the minutes ticked down, and Ariel was just like ten minutes left, five eight minutes, minutes left. and then it, all of a sudden three. it just became three out of nowhere. I know it went from five to three. I'm like three minutes. Like, oh no. god! And he just kept saying, "It's not looking good. It's not looking good." And I just, I, I, it took me a really long time to process, and I don't even know if I fully process it now that mm. this fight is off this card. Every MMA uh, media member out here—that is all we've been talking about all week. Is this fight? It's not just us; it's the fans. The fans, the media, everybody. So it's devastating. And look at how many callers we have. I mean, everyone's affected by this. Um, I don't know. We we haven't had a chance to speak to uh, Habib. Now his people did send MMA Fighting uh, a very sort of brief, nondescript uh, note, uh, and I want to read that to you. If you can, you pull that up, Marissa. It's MMA Fighting. My computer. Oh, you know what? I think I've got it now. Actually, I apologize. Um, here. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Let me read you the UFC statement first. This is what the UFC had to say. Quote, UFC lightweight Habib Nurmagomedov was transported to Sunrise Hospital and Medical Center Thursday evening due to weight management and medical issues. He was treated and has been discharged, UFC officials confirmed. 
The scheduled interim lightweight championship bout between Nurmagomedov and Ferguson at UFC 209 has been canceled on the doctor's recommendation. So there's that. Uh, by the way, I do believe we have the... Yes, here is the statement from Ali Abdelaziz, who is the manager of Nurmagomedov. Quote, I feel bad for Tony and his camp. I really do. The most important thing right now is Habib's health. He's currently resting in his room. We're not thinking about what's next at this time. I want to sincerely apologize to Tony, his team, the UFC, and the fans. We were all looking forward to this fight very much. Yesterday after the UFC 209 Media Day, I went home and I sort of recapped everything I had saw and learned at this event. And this is what my literal, this is the literal first thing I said about Habib Nurmagomedov. Roll it. Suffice to say, everyone I talked to today, he had by far the roughest cut. He looked like he was struggling a little bit today. Um, it looked to me like uh, he looked very gaunt. Uh, he had trouble formulating sentences. He had trouble articulating ideas. He had difficulty, um, I don't know, just sort of being present. He was sitting, not standing, which is not an indictment necessarily, but it sort of stands in contrast to what you were accustomed to seeing. That, that, that was my literal first impression. You look at the video, and I didn't change the title today. Uh, it was UFC 209 Media Day, Habib Nurmagomedov's weight cut, Mark Hunt's lawsuit. Because those were the things that stood out to me the most. He looked terrible at yesterday's media day. Slow to speak. I mean, he was still all there a little bit. He, he made a joke about Tony Ferguson's tattoo, the USA Wrestling tattoo he has, which was kind of funny. But, Marissa, you saw him. You were next to me. What was your impression of the face, the, the, just the energy that Nurmagomedov had, and especially relative to Tony Ferguson, who was standing and work, literally working on his grip strength as he was talking to the media. It couldn't be more opposite. And I, I remember UFC 205 when we went to media day. <clears throat> Habib was so fired up. It, it was like night and day of what he was like yesterday. He was just, he just seemed out of it. And, and we knew immediately that there was something up. Uh, he, had, he just didn't look excited to be there at all. I forgot about that. When he had that hood on at 205. He was like fire. He a was, man he, he possessed. Was, he was testy with the media. He was testy. He, 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 he felt like he was uh, wronged at that point. And, and you feel like, all right, well, now we're at 209. You're about to get your shot, and you're just so down. It just seemed seemed odd. And when, remember when you asked about the cut on his eye? Yeah. He looked at Ali, and he looked a little pissed off that you would even ask him that, which, I was, did. which I was surprised. I'm like, you have a cut on your eye. Like, how, right. how are you not going to ask that question? Uh, yeah, but, yes, it was... Yeah, foreshadowing this disappointing day. And he had, I mean, all these guys had cotton mouth. Lando Venata had cotton mouth. Tony Ferguson had cotton mouth. But Habib's cotton mouth was so bad that he was getting his manager, Ali Abdelaziz, to have a water bottle that was like half full. And whenever it got so bad, he would take the water, swish it around his mouth, and then spit it back out. But, you know, he was, he was struggling to hang on there. Golly, man. <laughs> It sucks. This is not what we plan to do today's show around. Let me just be absolutely clear about that. It's not getting any easier as we sit here either. It's not. It's just. It's making. You know what? Before I was like weeping and sad. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm fucking pissed. Yeah. I'm angry. I'm not, I'm not sure who I'm angry at. I mean, Habib made a mistake. All these. Look, if you've been a fan of the sport a while, I feel like you have a right to be upset at Habib. I, I do think that. You know, he. You're. I remember the first time I went to a weigh-in and I saw a guy. Um, 
God, what was his name? And he was struggling. And I asked him, are you all right? He's like, nope, but I have two jobs. One is to make weight and one is to fight. So I will make weight. And he did. Um, and, and, and look, Habib didn't do his job. Just matter of fact, he didn't do his job. But at the same time, look, I do hope he's okay. We still don't medically know what is wrong with him. Um, so obviously I want him to get better. I mean, there's no doubt about it. This is, we're not going to be cruel about it. But I also, as someone in the media who, you know, you're a little bit closer to the fighters than the fans are. You know, I'm not, I, don't, I don't live with them, but I do have access to them in ways that, you know, the average fan doesn't. And it, I don't know how to explain this exactly. Like, I'm mad at Habib in some ways. And in other ways, like, I have genuine heartfelt sorrow for him. Mm-hmm. About uh, who he must be sitting in that hotel room for uh, as tough as he is, sobbing. Yeah, and if he's not sobbing, it's because he's 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 like choking back the tears. This was a life-altering moment that is gone. It's it's hard to blame the fighters. I mean, I, I get it. That is part of your job is making weight, and and you know. But this is just the nature of the sport. You know, this is a part of the sport that happens. Sometimes you have a rough weight cut, something happens, and you, and you just can't do what needs to be done. And I'm not angry with him. I'm just distraught that. You know, I'm, I'm not angry at him, him, but I'm I am disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in him too, and I, I mean, he was so fired up for this fight. I mean, look, what we're feeling times a hundred is what Habib's feeling right now. So I'm disappointed in him, but I think he'll beat himself up enough for all of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no kidding. They could make this again, but I think fans at this point are, as much as we wanted to see it, I think we're a little bit just over it. At this point, I mean, how do you make this fight a fourth time and all three times these guys just can't cross the finish line? People will just say, you know, the, the ship has sailed. If they meet sometime years down the road, fine, but right now. Now, the other one about... You really feel that way, huh? I've, I've, right now. I mean, maybe tomorrow I'll feel differently, you know? Thanks for listening. Catch the Luke Thomas Show live and in its entirety weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. On Twitter, follow at LThomasNews and the channel at MMA on Sirius XM.